It's time for Cyclone Insider. From the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO, Des Moines Sports Station. All right, guys, welcome to another week of Cyclone Insider here. Excuse me, with the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. We do have a lot to get to today. It's been a newsy couple of days in Iowa State land. First of all, and uh, we are live tonight too, so you guys are free to call in 515 284 5966. Again, that number 515 284 5966. Tommy Birch, welcome to KXNO. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hello. How Pete, are you? how are you, brother? Hi. I'm fine. How are you? Doing all right. Uh, interesting times for Iowa State basketball. Um, we just got a release about a half hour ago that Nick Weiler-Babb is out for the season. Solomon Young had knee surgery today. He is out for three to four weeks, a.k.a. he's probably out for the season. Um, we are anticipating Donovan Jackson plays tomorrow night. If he can get back. However, yeah. that's the kicker, right, Randy? You, you, do you have any new information? He's no, back I don't. at his I, father's I, funeral. I, I talked to um, – um, who did I talk to today? Uh, I've, I've got a story on – on uh, Terrence Lewis on the website right now, and I talked to his father this morning a few times up in Milwaukee, and uh, he's he has seen that he's good friends with the, with Donovan's family, and and his guess is that Donovan will be back, and that's everybody's guess is that he'll be back. Um, but he's got to get back first. He's got to get back first. Yeah. Was uh, and Donovan Jackson's father tragically passed away on. On Saturday night, at the mm-hmm. young age of fifty-two, was the funeral today? Well, I don't know. That, oh, that okay. I don't or, know. I don't know because I, I don't want to say that. It ain't easy to plan a funeral. I mean, and especially yeah. when, especially when you're, you know, when it was as as surprise as as all death shocking. But but that came out of nowhere. I mean, he was at the game, the last home game. Donovan's father was. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's not easy to plan a funeral even when you suspect something could be coming let alone suspect let alone have it blindside you like that so but but i asked prom yesterday is all donovan's family is is all the family in milwaukee and steve's thought that yeah that he was in milwaukee so that would make it um you know that that's that's better so i don't know i i i don't know but i suspect donovan will be at the game okay um tommy the only other guy with questions at this point is Hans Brace. I I guess my opinion on Hans Brace is even if he plays, how reliable is he? How many minutes can he play? Yeah, not much. I mean, he hasn't played for a long, long time. And even the times we've seen him, it's not like he's playing long stretches too. You know, he's going to be limited if he's even available. So, I mean, it's just a massive amount of question marks when it comes to Iowa State. And it's almost, I don't want to, you know, given the new. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm saying with the news given with Salmon Young, Nick Weiler, Bab, now you're asking people to step up even more, play into roles uh, that they weren't accustomed to, even more guys like Terrence Lewis. And that's almost kind of fitting for this team because that's pretty much been the story of this team from day one is asking guys to do new and different things from the very beginning. Yeah, uh, this is – so, I mean, we're looking at tomorrow night Iowa State TCUP to best-case scenario of seven guys available? Best case – let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, 
Um, Thank you. Hey, okay. Yeah, with Tom if, and Jackson. Count, counting brace. Seven and a half counting brace because he's kind go. of a half a guy there at this go, point. No offense to Hans. Just no, but yeah, his health isn't there. He's tried to play, and Iowa State knew what they were getting when they when they got him, and, and you know they rolled the dice. Um, yeah, best case scenario is is that I don't know what the best case scenario is. As, well, eight players. I'll give you a best case scenario. I've not read your column yet, but I was thinking about writing something similar. I, I won't do it now. Um this forces Terrence Lewis and oh, Jacoby Long. Without question. Terrence especially. Terrence especially, yeah. I mean, you're going to find out what you got right there, right? Terrence was a, was the number one or number two, depending on which which, recruit, which recruiting website you believe. Number one or number two, play, high school player in Wisconsin, class of 217. Number one or number two. He was a top six, 60 or 70 player nationally. He was a big-time recruit for Iowa yeah, State, four-star yeah. guy. He's a big-time recruit for Iowa State, yet he's averaging eight-point-something-or-other minutes a game. Um, so this is – you know, he's got some frustration going on. He talked yesterday. He's got, <coughs> excuse me. He's got some – Terrence frust- talked to the media? Yeah. Oh, okay. He's got some frustration going on. Uh, well, at least he talked to some of us. He's got some frustration going on right now, but he, yet he understands that – that defense is is what's keeping him out of playing more minutes, um, and I, I I when I talked to his father today, one of the times I talked to him, I said I said I went back and looked. <coughs> Sorry, I had a, <coughs> excuse me. I went back and looked. I told I told I told Tyrone Tyrone Rock Lewis. I told him that hey, Rock that, Lewis, he's the, the man, the Rock. I told him that uh, I went back and looked at at, at Naz's at Naz's freshman season. Naz's very first season, Naz, Naz averaged 7.5 minutes a game, okay? He was 5 for 15 from three-point range during his freshman season, okay? Naz went on to be one of the best the best long-range shooters, pure shooters in Iowa he's State He's in history. the NBA. He, he, and he's in the NBA. Yep. And, and so there's no reason, no reason at all that Terrence Lewis can't do that. Terrence came to school expected to be a good shooter, came to Iowa City expecting to shoot. And, and, and what is he? 20 for or 10 for 30 or so. I don't you, know. He's not, just, he's not very good from three point. You range. can just tell when you watch him that he's just lacking confidence. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it reminds me a lot of Nick Weiler, Bob last season where Nick yeah. would get these, uh, these little bits of playing time here and there. And he would try to do so much. I mean, I think the difference between Nick and uh, Terrence is Nick was trying to do so much where I think with Terrence we're seeing, He's a little gun shy. I think he's like you said, probably timid. He seems like from the times I've talked to him, kind of a quiet, soft spoken, uh shy guy almost. But you know, the thing is, even before all this came down with uh Wyler Babb and, and Solomon Young, I mean Steve Prohm had been saying, Look, I probably should have gotten some more minutes for Terrence sometime uh, along the road. The problem is during those times it's like he said wasn't playing defense, but also he just wasn't knocking down any shots. I mean, it seems like forever since Terrence Lewis has hit a, a meaningful basket. And when you're getting, especially for his role, when you're coming into games, you know, there's not much room for error. And unfortunately for him, when you when you aren't shooting well and, and you're getting limited times, it's going to stretch for a long period of time for that season. These last four games or five games, whatever it is, guys like Terrence Lewis and Jacoby, um, and, and those guys are trying to 
find their position in next year's rotation because next season's team's going to be very good again. Mm-hmm. They're trying. They're they're right now. I don't want to say try out, but but the way they play the next four or so games, that's a good point. W- will go a long ways in determining their place on what will be a good, supposedly good, good team next year. I would say definitely Terrence Lewis because I think kind of at this point, Iowa State's got a pretty good idea what they have with Jacoby Long. For a guy like Terrence Lewis, this is really a good opportunity to. I guess really strut, you know, show show what you can do, and you know he's this is an invaluable opportunity for him that he's got to make an impression because come next season, you look at the numbers, you look at what Iowa State has coming in and coming back, and that's going to be tough for him to kind of get playing time too next year. I mean, I think there are going to be a few more opportunities, but you know, this is the thing for him. Is he, you know, he came in as a shooter. Yeah. And they, they, they will still need that. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody to step up and do that next year. Yeah. So he's still got a spot, but he's got to show that he can yeah, do it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's still going to be on the team, but, you know, the opportunities to, to show what you can do. I mean, the guy I think about, you know, you mentioned Nas, also Matt Thomas to a certain yeah. degree where, you know, he struggled so much early on and eventually – I mean, we would see it with Matt Thomas all the time. We'd always choke where he's got to hit that first shot or the night is just going to be, you know, it's going to be a tough one for, for Matt. And I think Terrence is kind of in that situation too where, you know, the, the limited minutes he gets, if he doesn't do something right away, you're, it might be a wash. Yeah, um, it's going to be interesting for sure. Now, I'm always trying to find a positive in anything. I think this is Iowa State's one shot tomorrow night, being that the bench is so short. I mean, you know who you're going with, right? It's like kinda, yeah. you, you can't overthink your substitutions if you're Steve Prohm. It's got to be nice for the players. Too, they know that they've got to stay in the game. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to feel any pressure about, oh, if I pick up a foul here or if I miss this shot, turn it over. I think, you know, yeah, you, you know, competition always breeds you know greatness but also just maybe that relaxation factor could go a long way especially with a lot of young guys like Terrence Lewis who I'm sure when he's coming into games he is probably constantly looking over his shoulder thinking I can't mess up here I can't mess up there if I mess up I'm out of the game I may not come back in suddenly that leash has just kind of uh I guess loosened a little bit for some of those guys. As for tomorrow night, I've got the box score up right here of the last time Iowa State played TCU, um, 96-73 TCU in Fort Worth. Vladimir Brodzianski, what is he, 7'6", seven, 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 seven? He's huge. He's a, he's a beast. Um, he scored 26 points. He was 11 for 13 from the, from the field, and I guarantee you nothing was outside of the lane. Um, and they, they, tried to stop, they tried to stop him with two big guys, with Lard and Solomon Young, and they couldn't do it. TCU scored 46 points in the paint mm-hmm. against Iowa State, against two big guys. They couldn't do it. So Iowa State's taking out a big guy. They're going small. They tried to go small earlier in the season, and that didn't work. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to go small again. So I don't... You know, it's going to have to. It's tough. I mean, you're going to. It's have going to, to be tough. Prom and these guys are going to are going to have to figure out some kind of some kind of of plan. Honestly, I mean, the thing to me is you're going to have to hope that it's one of those weird nights in Hilton, 
where all the shots are falling for you. Yeah. And where your opposition can't make a three. I mean, a lot like right. the Oklahoma game. And every, every, everything's going to have to fall in line perfect because they're going to have to play play great defense and keep the ball, play pressure defense to keep the ball out of out of Brozanski's hands, number and one. And stay out of foul trouble. And stay out of, good point, stay out of foul trouble. That's a great point, too. And make some shots, which they haven't done lately. 515-284-5966, Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register here on 1460 KXNO. Um, somebody here who, I don't care which one of you answers this, the Nick Weiler-Babb situation is curious to me. He's been having the lingering knee injury all year. He's been sidelined for about two weeks, comes back, plays in a couple of games, and then all of a sudden flies to Dallas. What, what, what happened there? I mean, why did he go to Dallas? Why didn't he just use the Iowa State doctors? Prom said yesterday that that's been in the works for – Ten for a couple of weeks. Okay, that that was that that possibility was there. Um, we just didn't know about it or didn't know enough to ask about it until at the very end. Um, he was seen by the specialist yesterday. He was actually supposed to fly back last night, but his plane was canceled because of the because of the weather, and then he had to, had delay this morning as well. Um, it's not about the rest of this season with four games to go. I'm guessing that if there were 14 games to go, Nick would have played. I'm guessing he'd have played through it. But with four games to go and this team going nowhere, he's still got another year left, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's still – he's still got in the back of his mind that he can make money playing in this game, which maybe he can. Mm-hmm. Oh, he Whether can it be here or overseas point. or yeah. someplace. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember Pro – I mean, he was the first guy that when Pro – well, at least one of the first guys when Prom got here when – you know he had that that roster of Niang and, all, and Nader and you know uh, Nas said, you know, man, Nick's Nick's got the most pro potential of anybody on this team." Yeah, he did say that. Yeah, and so why screw that up? With the four games to go, teams going four regular season games to go, teams going nowhere. Why screw that up? Why not get healthy? Have a you know get healthy, get healthy in time for the summer. Have a great summer conditioning. Do some stuff to get yourself ready and get back and have your best season ever. Either running the point or playing the off guard next year, which I think that's the big. You know, we always talk about quarterback situations. People like to say quarterback controversies. Does Iowa State have a point guard situation next year? I do. I think that the. I mean, if we look at next year's team, that's the biggest question. Yeah. Without. No. Who who is it? They've got two two possibilities. I go with Bab. I go with Lindell Wigginton. I mean, I think now you can utilize <laughs> Bab's uh, you know versatility a little bit more. Also, just save him on defense a little bit more too. I mean, I I don't know. I think we saw Lindell Wigginton at his best when he had the ball all the time. Let me ask. Uh, He's an uh, instant turnover before. Okay, so right that, now he is. But yeah, that's you guys answered these questions to me, and then I'll make my decision. Does going off of Randy, does Wigginton tighten his handles between now and next season? Like, does he get better? I, I don't think he can get worse. Let's just say that. So he does improve. Yeah, he does improve. I think exponentially he he will improve. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Now he's shooting around like forty percent from three this year, something like that. It is he that good of a three point shooter, or are we seeing him like peak right now? Like, can he keep that up? Would be my question from three. He can. He can do. He can keep that up if, in fact, he's running the floor freely, and if he is, um, 
if he's free of, of, of having to not only score but also to facilitate your teammates? I think he can. I would kind of agree with that. What do you, why kind of? I just don't know for sure. I mean, well, that's why we're having a hypothetical conversation about it. Yeah, I know it's throwing me off. I I think he can live around there. Yeah, even running Iowa State's point. Based off of those answers, I would make him your point guard. But I but I I, I loosely say that they're both going to handle the ball and they can both be in the situation, much like we saw. I think the game to go back to is Donovan and, and Lindell against Oklahoma, where they were both playing point guard. If you if you look even the West Virginia game, I mean Tally had the ball in his hands for the majority of that one. Hey, you don't so I, need I, I think to... it's not like quarterback in the sense that there's one guy taking the snap. I mean, I think that, that there's a spot for both of those guys. At the I, point agree. Guard. I, I agree. I I agree. I I don't think there's a wrong answer yeah. right now, but I I still think it's I I'm going to go with Bab. Lindell well, is 11 out of 29 from three point range since he became the 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 point guard, and you need three point shooting on this team. Yeah, that's my that's my point. So interesting. Um, that lineup next year. I know we talked about this a little bit last week, but it's like a fun little chess game. I mean, yeah, the most exciting thing together. I, you, there's a lot of options. Yeah, and I think the guy that kind of flies under the radar almost to a certain degree. I think everybody knows how great he could be, but I think it kind of gets lost in the shuffle because everybody. Now has seen Lindell Wigginton come through and the great season he's having. But Horn Tucker, man, I mean, that guy's a beast who is gonna have a major impact the second he, was he arrives. Twenty eight, twelve, and something or other the other night. I mean, yeah, that's who do you who do we say started next year then? This is my lineup. Yeah, I'm, I'm just playing with. I don't even I have, remember. I have now. Lindell, yeah, Horton Tucker, yeah, Shyock, Jacobson, yeah. and Lard. I think I had yeah, everything Jacobson but Jacobson, but that wouldn't but shock me. That who'd wouldn't shock me. Uh, wow, I can't well, you remember. you had to get Bab in there. If, yeah, I, I think I, I think had Bab. Bab or Tally. Yeah, I think I had Bab because I'm fine with Tally going going back to the bench. You can go back there. I think he's totally fine with that role. And I mean, even if he is coming off the bench, you can still get him pretty valuable minutes and significant playing time. Cyclone Insider here with Tommy Birch and Randy Peterson on fourteen sixty KX and oh. How was Steve Prome yesterday, guys? I didn't get to I didn't make it up there. It was how's his morale he was during down. all of this? He's down, but he was he was fine. Uh, other you know, he was down because of, of Donovan and right, yeah. and rightly so. Yeah. Steve's I just know, saw a quote like that it was the most dramatic year yeah. he's ever had, or something well, yeah, like yeah, that. exactly. But we, we all know Stephen. It's and he's very emotional person, very spiritual, very family oriented. Um, yeah, so the Donovan thing struck him hard. Um, um, but uh, you know, he's he's never too high, never too low. That's a cliche. I get that. Mm-hmm. Most after, good coaches after, are like after, that. Yeah, after games, after games, and 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 whatever. So um, he's he he was he was good. It I, seems I, like I, I thought. It, to me, it seems like the season has taken the biggest toll on him. And like you said, you know, in terms of drama, everything he's had to go through. But man, Steve's been through a lot since he walked into the door here. For one, taking over a team stacked full of guys that probably did not buy into what he was selling right away. And then just, you know, the the expectations of following in Fred Hoiberg's, you know, Big footsteps. I mean, those are some tall tasks. And then to think that this year is probably the most stressful. I mean, you can see 
after every loss, just the amount of toll it's taking on him, and which is kind of insane to think about because I think you talk to any of us going into this season, I think we all realize there were going to be a ton of trials and tribulations this year. It was not going to be an easy road to the end of the season. It was going to be rocky, but um, you could tell he obviously did not expect it to be this difficult of a time. Um, He's got some gray hair showing up. <laughs> that happens. Really? That, that happens. Do you, Tommy, you wrote out our rundown for this show today, and I thought this was interesting. You said, Prome keeps falling on the sword for the, taking the blame for Iowa State's struggles. Who's to blame for this season? What, what I I want to tackle the second part of that in, in segment two. But what do you mean, like, Prome's falling on the sword? What have you seen to give you – because I don't know if, like – a fan who's not in every press conference would sure. pick up on that. So I think it's interesting to to discuss that for you know for our listeners. Yeah, he's constantly the one that's taking the blame. I mean, yeah, every now and then he'll say things about just how, you know, guys just have to develop and get more experience and stuff like that. But the majority of the time it's him saying, Look, I didn't prepare these guys. I made a bad coaching move. I mean, I forget what road game Randy you would know. Um, I think it was maybe Baylor where he kind of second-guessed that he should have called a timeout right away in the second half. Baylor, Um, Just every time Steve Prohm's gotten a chance to uh, take the blame, I I guess he's kind of stepped in front of the bullet for for these guys so far this season. And it's not all him, but but yeah, to me that's kind of been interesting. I think that's why we're seeing him so stressed out because – um, he legitimately believes a lot of that stuff too. I, I, it's he took the bullet a different way Saturday. Um, you know, you can talk about about not running the right offenses and calling a timeout and all the and all this stuff, but but this but this one was about how he wasn't able to build the team in the way he thought he could. Um, it wasn't about strategy. It wasn't about timeouts. It wasn't about um, you know that's that stuff. It was about his overall how he built this team, and that's where he said that that um, he felt that he um, could have done could have done a better job, which was which was very interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, I think that Prome, if he looks himself in the mirror honestly, which I know he's the type of guy who does, the grad transfer thing has changed. I mean, it's it's really tough these days well and especially when you think about the guys that iowa state once had and now the guys that they're getting yeah, that's what I mean, i'm saying too, it's just we've so talk, different yeah we've talked about before where it used to be iowa state was the, the only one shopping in that store now there are just so many other people um so many other options for people to go to and the guys that they're getting are not the marquee guys anymore obviously you're not going to every year get a deandre kane some of that's luck and some of it's you know what what you do have too but also on the other hand i mean there have been some some heavy swings and misses yeah i think i wonder too randy if he's like if he looks at it and he goes i should have taken mckinley Wright instead of jeff beverly yeah no that's a good point who's mckinley Wright's averaging like 15 a game at colorado or the kid from west virginia or maybe should have should have uh um or maybe and they had Houston. I mean, I, I always come. That's my go-to. I mean, they had Houston. They had, they, they had a lot of bad breaks in that spring period last year. 
especially with Houston. Yeah. But uh, what well, we and we can look at it like this: they're not going to be any grad transfers next year. No, they're full. They're at scholarship limit. Yeah, they're unless at thirteen. Somebody leaves, unless which somebody is always leaves, always possible. But. Unless somebody leaves, yeah, they're at thirteen right now. Their recruiting is yes, over. man. It's going to be great. The sp- we're not even going to have to worry about spring recruiting this year. Well, somebody leaves. Yeah, oh, man, that's gonna somebody be awesome. always leaves. Correct. I mean, it's it's more surprising in twenty eighteen when somebody when you don't have attrition. Absolutely. Than, than when it is. I want to tackle the the second part of that conversation, Tommy. Okay. We'll be you're right. You're right. Who's to blame for the season? What's gone wrong? And this is kind of what we expected from this season, right? Tackle that question next here on Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. Welcome back to Cyclone Insider here on 1460 KXNO. Randy Peterson and Tommy Birch are with me tonight in the Big 12. It is West Virginia at Baylor. Interesting little game there. 20 points, West Virginia. Really? Yeah. Baylor... uh, Baylor's kind of hot right now. I know. So so is Hugs. Hugs indeed <laughs> is hot right now. That was great. Oh my! What gosh. do you think about that, Pete? Um, about Hugs? This is he's he's hardly the first person to to come up with that about that we should like be able to interview. Yeah, officials after games that that comes up all the time. I mean, if we if we've all written it at multiple times, and I'm really I, as a journalist, I should be yeah bring the officials in. But yet, as a journalist slash realist, are you really going to have an, a referee? I don't care. Let's I don't care. Joe Blow referee in the interview room asking questions because you've seen it you guys know who's in those interview rooms it's yeah. not it's not always professionals i know that, i mean that, which my, is unfortunate did you hear my monologue on this yesterday uh-uh. i i said the same I, I was going down the same path i mean there's just like my whole point was if it was you and rick brown 20 years ago yeah. um and tom chattel or whoever right yeah i'd be fine with it but now we've got i mean frankly a lot of guys like me now, I'd like to think that I could be professional in that manner, um, and I'm sure that I would, but I know a lot of guys like me, the fan site talk radio guys, wouldn't be. I, You've I, got... And there's fan, some of the these places fans. we go, there's fans in the interview room, we which, I, which I am so against. But cell they check our now. press passes wherever we go, yet yet there's, there's fans that get into the interview rooms. It's not just at Iowa Here, State. Here's my thing when it comes to... Um, you know, having, uh, you know, officials and, you know, availability when it comes to the media. It's like, yeah, I think what we have right now works where we have a pool reporter. The problem is it is so often that the questions just aren't getting answered appropriately. I mean, it's constantly just interpretation of rules. It's not like, okay, what did you actually see on this play? What you know, uh, that type of thing. Every now and then I do want to have those questions and, and hear those answers. But it's con- – I mean, I can't remember. I mean, it seems like the one time that we've asked for a pool reporter, and Randy, I think you may have been the pool reporter when it was the the fumble, no fumble call. I was a Iowa reporter. State yeah. in Texas. It was like, okay, we actually got an explanation of why mm-hmm. that play – went yeah, the way that's it all, did. That's all we want. We but, don't. Yeah. Exactly. But 
I mean, every now and then, yeah, we maybe want a little bit more to that. But, I mean, I think even then, that's kind of the exception and not really the the routine when it comes to, you know, a pool reporter talking to an official. I mean, look at the K-State game. You got uh, – we basically got nothing uh, out of that when when you requested the pool reporter there. The pool reporter – in the big the pool reporter concept in the Big Twelve is is more flawed than I've ever seen it, than it's ever been before. And 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 in that in that instance, the K State game, we've talked about this on here before. In that K State game, I didn't ask why they called three three flags on Iowa State's on on that final in the final minute, whatever. I didn't ask why they called three flags. I asked why what they saw on why they picked them up. And the response that I got was, we don't comment on officiating, which is total garbage because when the Big 12 does comment on officiating, because we got all kinds of comments a few years back when two of the three officials who worked a Kansas game at Iowa State basketball got suspended for their for their ineptness in that game. We got all kinds of response Mm -hmm. from the Big 12. After that K-State game on Sunday, I emailed the Big 12 saying I wasn't satisfied with that answer. I know it was way past you know, past deadline and all that stuff. Yet I wanted to know what the protocol was because as a pool reporter, I needed to know the protocol. And they said they don't comment on officiating. Well, that's so wrong. And you know, and I said I don't want any comments on officiating. I want the comments on why the flags were picked up. And they said that they can't, they don't comment on that. Which, you know, we just went round and round for a day and that's people that's ad nauseum right now. But but yeah. I those are the instances where if officials would come in, if the referee would have come in, if we could have requested the referee from the Kansas State Iowa State football game, the only question the only question that 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 needed to be asked was not why you threw those flags why those flags were picked up that's not questioning anybody's judgment Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i feel like there's got to be a fine line somewhere between more accountability because it it is different now um fans are just so much more educated than they ever have been because of the 24-hour news cycle and social media and whatnot we need to get higgins on again we do. I think that'd be really a good summer conversation for us I'll to have. I mean, I think I think it, there would be a lot of officials that would be okay with coming out and and talking to the media. They've too. got it's, nothing to hide. Yeah, it's it's like you said, Chris. You know, if it is fair and balance, fair and balanced reporters. Yes. If it's not just you know a, a giant witch hunt. From be careful how finish. you were use the words fair and balanced. Those have a connotation with them. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> But I mean, I if you, you mean, if you yeah. have legitimate journalists in the room asking That's questions and not trying to get a soundbite, yeah, I think a lot of them would actually well, embrace the idea of being able to stand up for the decisions they made. And I, I don't know. I just think it's so important to realize too. A lot of times, terrible calls are simply mistakes. I mean, it, there's an aspect of this where it is human nature, where you have. I would think. I've never done it. I have officiated, but not nearly anywhere near that level. But when you're in Allen Fieldhouse, and there's 20,000 people, however many people are in there, and it's one of the most rabid fan bases in all of sports, and they're all yelling at you for two hours, I think it's human nature to want to please people. And yeah. unfor- that's same thing probably has happened at Hilton. 
I would think. The only two questions. I mean, that, I'm sorry. Yeah, and it just. Oh, it's absolutely, it's happened in Hilton. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So like. Yeah. There's that, but then there's also like I've heard a lot of people have told me this that the coaches greatly impact who moves up in the officiating world because they're often the ones grading them. So then, like, do you want to please a Bill Self more than you want to please a guy like Steve Prohm who hasn't been around for as long and is vastly more quiet? I don't, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of angles to this. The only two questions – sorry, Tommy. I was going to say those are good questions to ask an official. Yeah. The, the only two questions I wanted to know after watching the last half of the, of the Kansas-West Virginia game as I was driving home from Manhattan um, – they said we can't text and drive, right? We can watch TV and drive. What now? But anyway, anyway, the only two questions. Randy, I, Randy just admitted to breaking law. <laughs> okay, I, I, I know they said we can't text and drive. Yeah, you, cannot, about you cannot watching text TV. And drive. Yeah. You can't. We, we can watch TV and drive. But yeah, anyway, you can stream and drive. Yeah, but anyway, the only two the only two questions that I would want even think about wanting answered after that game from an official was um, number one, what. Does does refereeing games in Kansas, at Kansas, does that what in what how does that factor into officiating to 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 the way you officiate games, if and if it does, number two, what is this what is it about West Virginia that that results in a lot of fouls being called because they're one of the top foul prone teams in the country yeah, and they, it's a star but, and we all know it's their style but get the, get a, get another get another voice saying it those are the only two questions that I think would even be legitimate to be asked after that game but yet you're going to have somebody in there asking why this foul wasn't called or why or why somebody was called for traveling or, or why Deontay, why Devontae Graham took four steps when he really took three yeah, when, when he really took two or last year what was that that five step traveling thing yeah, yeah. we, we what, just I think we can all agree there's got to be more accountability, but we have to have some regulations with how it's done. Yeah, exactly. Can't yeah. be the wild, wild west out there. Yeah, I don't think that the officials should go have to, in front of every cell phone, video camera, everything, have to do a press conference like a coach does. Randy and I would never make deadline. That's another point, too, but I, don't, I was going to say that, but I don't think I don't think people would care about no, the, our no. problems. Yeah. Let's hear from Huggins. Let's hear from Huggins real quick what he had to say after the game on Saturday. I thought he was I don't phone. know why officials want to be part of the game, but they don't want to be a, the part of the game that has to answer. You know why? Why aren't they in here answering your questions? I mean, you got we're going to bring we're going to bring nineteen twenty one year old kids in here that don't get paid, and you're going to ask them questions. You're going to ask Dax why didn't you shoot it. Because they don't want to get asked, why didn't you call this? Why didn't you call that? I don't. I, I. I. I don't think I've ever been in a game where the disparity was. What is it? You know what it is. Thank you very much. Thirty-five to two. I, I've never been in a game like that. Was it the accumulation of, of that, that that triggered it at the end, or for one particular play or call or no call? It's. 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 It's been building. It's been building. Coach, what'd you tell your team in the locker room? It wasn't their fault. I guess I mean if I were having a conversation with Bob Huggins, the well, the difference is people are paying to go watch you and the players, not the officials. Yeah. I kind of look at an official like a journalist is supposed to. You don't want to be a part of the story. Yeah, absolutely. But they actually have an impact on the game. 
you know. Yeah, we don't have impacts. So they've got an impact on the game. Yeah, and and, right. and, and, yeah, and I right. get I get what you're That's, saying too about you know, hey, people go to watch the players and and the coach, but they still have a legitimate impact and how how that the entertainment of that event that you're watching transpires. Man, I just you, you guys remember at the Big Twelve Media Days last year, football when that guy yeah stood up and just drilled cliff kingsbury uh he like yelled at him and his question about defense yeah like my fear is those guys in these refs after these emotional games exactly yeah i mean there's, <laughs> that, that, there's, I, that's where i can't get my mind there's got to be some limit you know limitations but it's like when you when you mentioned you know people people go see the players and the coaches one thing that popped into my mind is I remember Mark McGuire watching him during the 1998 home run season. In the first inning of the game, he gets he he gets called out on strikes, gets tossed in the in the first inning of the game, and everybody has gone to see Big Mac play. Then at, at that point, I want I want to hear from the umpire. Yeah. I want to know what did you know what did big mac say what did he do that warranted an ejection and at that point he is he has had a major impact on the entertainment that i wished to go see at that baseball game but but you brought up major league baseball major league baseball does it the right way though who was it that, that botched the no hitter the perfect jim, game jim joyce at jim first joyce yeah. he had a press conference i think he was he, front and center i don't think he i don't know if he had a press conference versus what year was that? um God, it would have been five, six years ago. He, I saw the video. Well, yeah, I know he met. I, I don't know if he met with just a couple of reporters. I don't think they. Well, he met with reporters. Yeah, I don't know if they brought yeah. him into a giant press. Twenty eleven says Sean. Yeah. He met with reporters, and that yeah, that's all we want. I just so. yeah, I. And Dink I, and Dinkinger, in yeah. the in the whatever game it was, he talked about that. McClellan talked about Weintar. I think that. Right. Social media has probably helped the longevity of the financials with sports. I think it's like a lot of guys in our industry are getting laid off, but I think long-term there'll be more jobs because of it, because you have so many more people who are interested. Once we figure out how the hell to monetize. Yeah, all that's this. what I'm just going to say. Yeah. And we will at some point, but it <laughs> clearly has not been done yet. Um, but there's also a very negative aspect of it with the super fans who are just horrible, right? Just the bad people who get onto these, so, I don't know. I'm all about anything. I just don't want like all these Twitter videos and stuff like that, where the, so we can have more situations like um, John Higgins from last year, right? Right. I think yeah. we have to look out for those guys. I, I, I agree. I most mean, of them are trying their best. Yeah, and most of them are pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. And 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 they do need to be more accountable somehow. But they have to people. Somebody has to figure out how to make them more accountable without yeah. making it. With, without getting it really clumsy um, and getting it to the point of why did you call Linda Wigginton for traveling with six minutes to go in the first half or, or, or something along those lines. Yeah, that's a good conversation, impromptu conversation. We weren't planning on talking about that, but that was uh, fun. If you guys uh, listen to Fanatics tomorrow, uh, he's not a college official, but Bloom's brother, Scott, who does uh, all sorts of high-level high school games, he's called st- or he's, um, he's officiated state championship games. He's going to the be whole on. Bloom family appreciated. Yeah. He's going to be on with me yeah. and Ross tomorrow, and we're going to kind of pick his brain, just get the official side of things. Yeah. Uh, real quick, we'll talk to Tom here, who 
uh, who has an opinion on this. Hey, Tom. Hey, fellas. Uh, I think said Major League Baseball had it right, and I think what they should do uh, across at least all professional sports anyway, maybe not, maybe even college, is to have a head referee or the crew chief on the football or the crew chief on the baseball field, have them sit in front of randomly drawn pool reporters and have them ask the questions and have the, the the chief of the crew that night or that game answer the questions. I think it would be, and if there isn't anything, if there's things that are nondescript in the game, then they don't have to go or it'd be a quick, obviously quick press conference. But I think a smaller audience, and I agree, the, the uh, emotion of the game and you have the scene be brighter, just shaking them down, trying to get answers of why wasn't this called, why wasn't that called. Um, because, I mean, because of the social media aspect and everyone has the camera and the great camera angles and stuff like that, it does open up of, well, what were they thinking at that point, you know? And, you know, just like coaches and players have canned answers, as an official, they would have canned answers as well. Like, well, that wasn't in my, you know, we did talk about that at halftime or between innings or whatever, and that was the angle and that was the explanation. And, you know, to be the... I'm sure you'd have a Bill Belichick version of a of an official answer, and, and you know, yeah, they don't want to be a part of it. Yeah, they're not out there to, you know, screw any team over or person one particular player if you're in baseball and you're behind the behind the plate on it. But you know, I think those those questions should be asked, can be asked. And I think it would sure you may open up a can of worms on some things, but I think on most of it, it'd be nondescript and, you know, then you have, as far as monetizing it, then you have a, a ref on every game and those guys are the ones that get to talk to the officials and we're on fires after the game. I think that may be the way to go. But yeah, I agree. The, with the, uh, can't really put them in front of the full news conference, press conference thing because then that would be a longer, longer day, night, whatever, deadlines for you guys with your reporters but you know i think uh, a couple questions here and there and limited uh, two or three questions that could be even more more uh, feasible if you only had them in front of a couple randomly drawn uh reporters from that from that game tom thanks for the call bud we're we're short on time but we appreciate your perspective but it's not yeah each each facility each site has a pool reporter so it wouldn't be randomly drawn so each site already has a pool reporter a major league baseball does it right that pool reporter talks directly to the umpire and that's 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 as transparent as it gets in the big 12 the pool reporters are not the pool reporters um the the way uh, they do it is wrong it, it's the way they do it is wrong yeah let's just leave it at because that because it's yeah. There's just too much money involved in college athletics and stuff to not have like actual accountability. Right. I you, mean, you what what you, I, I don't I don't know how you do it in 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 college ball, um, but you did say a pool reporter asking. I mean, I'm paraphrasing now. Nitpicky questions. A pool reporter would not, or, or a beat reporter would not be the one asking asking the, those nitpicky questions. That would be the hack. Like that'd me. be that that'd be the hack. Yeah, I didn't say like you, but that would be the hack. It <laughs> but, wouldn't be. It would not be the beat reporter. We'll uh, finish up Cyclone, I almost said Cyhawk reaction, Cyclone Insider, doing too many of these sideshows these days here on 1460 KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. All right, wrapping things up here on this week's installment of Cyclone Insider. 
uh, with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. You can go and listen to the podcast if you just join us. Brilliant analysis tonight from Tommy Birch and Randy Peterson, as always. Do you guys, um, what are, what's the feeling on Iowa State TCU tomorrow night? Iowa State's going to play heck trying to win that game. I'll just say that they couldn't win them. They couldn't hold Brzezinski and and um, the Horn Frogs down from scoring in the paint with two bigs. I don't see how they're going to do it with one. Yeah, it's going to be a. I I I know everybody's kind of holding out hope that this is one of those um, rally everybody together uh, uh, hill and magic type nights. But I'm like, man, it's. There's just too many issues with Iowa State. I mean, we've seen it too with Cameron Lard struggling to 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 stay out of foul trouble. I mean, but with him struggling at times, and then um, you know, not even having Salmon Young, and then you know, the the, the not having Nick Weiler Bab too. I mean, there are just too many uh, things that could go wrong for Iowa State. Just saw the point spread. TCU's a six and a half point favorite. Is that before or after? Opened at four and a half. It's up to six and a half. That's pretty good. That's pretty good jump. Yeah, that's a two that's point. A Iowa, yeah. uh, Iowa State would be the worst team to to bet against, though. Yeah, Hilton. I mean, I feel like if they've got the Wigginton Lard um, Donovan combo, mm-hmm. they have a puncher's chance. Just because, like that Oklahoma game. I mean, if you go out and hit that many threes, I mean, you're going to be in a game. I would say but, having Wigginton and and Lard going is going to get you by. Um, at least keep you in the hunt. To me, the the actual difference maker is between probably winning and losing is Domin Jackson. Good call by you, Peterson. It's halftime in Waco. What's the score? Forty to eighteen, West Virginia. Holy cow! Holy, holy cow! Man, that's just in one half. Boom! Oh, good, good call by you. Golly! All right, um, we will we will be back next. Well, I don't think we'll be back next Tuesday. Why? It'll have to be because Iowa State plays senior night, oh, yeah. six o'clock tip against. Huh. Do they play Tuesday? Oklahoma State on Tuesday, yeah, okay. and then it's Big Twelve tournament the week after that, where I think we'll all be down there because Iowa State will be playing on Wednesday. Yeah. So we've got an interesting couple weeks coming up, as that is usually the case this time of year. We'll be uh, chatting with our Hawkeye counterparts. The Hawk Central program will be tomorrow at 5.30, up until 6.30. I believe the Hawkeyes are an 8 o'clock tip tomorrow night at Minnesota. How are you doing so, the Hawk show tomorrow night when they're playing? Um, well, it'll be on from 5.30 to 6.30. I got you. Hawks tip at 8. I don't know exactly what Ross's plan is, if they're going to pre-record that thing or if that is going to be live. But nonetheless, um, those guys will be up in Minneapolis. Busy time of year, though. Uh, We always appreciate you guys coming in. Uh, Fox Sports Radio is coming up next here on KXNL. It'll be the Morning Rush coming up tomorrow at 6. We're looking forward. We're going to have an official on the show tomorrow from El Bait Shop uh, to talk about all this referee stuff. And then, uh, of course, Iowa State and TCU tomorrow night, Hilton Coliseum at 7. For Randy Peterson, for Tommy Birch, I'm Chris Williams signing off, saying so long and be safe out there.